You're listening to Everyday Humanity. Everyday Humanity. I'm Beth Fisher, one of the hosts. And today we're concluding our conversation with Delwyn Island. You guys, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We are really, really glad you're here. I want to encourage you to go and listen to the previous episode to catch yourself up. Really well worth it, I promise. We will be covering some very deep topics and, of course, getting to this mini concert at the end of the episode, as Delwyn promised. That is also really well worth it. I I promise you when he was playing guitar and singing in front of me, I just went, why did I quit piano lessons when I was 11? Nobody knows. So grab your cup of coffee, settle in, and join us on this episode of Everyday Humanity. And so I just think you said that so beautifully, and hopefully that's a goodish segue to talk about. I'd love to know how you came to be involved with us here at Mel Trotter and just, you know, like yeah. you, you shared with and, us how to what, care about homelessness. Yes. To care yeah. about those whom we're serving. And yeah. yeah. So I mentioned a little bit earlier, my uncle Harold, my mom's brother, he passed in 2006 for more than half of his life. He, um, he was a homeless man. Yeah. Part of that, you know, he, was in prison. He lived with us in our basement for a little while. But in the maybe late 70s, he got turned on to heroin. Something happened. I don't know exactly what it was. But uh, I think he he was smoking weed and somebody had laced his joint. And I mean, it made him go crazy. He was like, he was the neighborhood crazy dude. Walking down the street, dribbling, Playing basketball without a ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, talking to himself. And so I'm a kid in the 90s, and I'm growing up. My Uncle Harold is doing this. And so you can just imagine, you know, the kind of stuff that gets said to you. I, my family was that family. Right. And, like, you know, my Aunt Sherelle, she was, she was a drug addict as well. And my Uncle Harold is two people living in my house that everybody in the neighborhood knows and so my family was, was yeah. kind of that family. But uh, my Uncle Harold, there was a period after prison, he had gone to rehab and he got clean. And then he got hooked again. And that's when he experienced the greatest kind of period of homelessness. And uh, when he died, he was um, found him in a, in a porta potty outside of Wrigley Field. And so we live on the south side. Wrigley Field is the north side of Chicago. But we knew that he, you know, he was w- without a home. Yeah, so that's that's my Uncle Harold's story. And fast forward to I was able to attend kind of a, a capital campaign. What what would you call it, Dennis? Yeah, it's the kickoff for the Maltrider Capital Campaign. Kick off for Thanks the, for the, the plug, Maltrider. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a gentleman that got up and, and told his story. And he walked up. And I thought that I was seeing my Uncle Harold. And he, wow. He looked, he looked like my Uncle Harold. And he started to tell his story. And it was almost like play by play, you know, just out of my, my uncle's 
life until he got to the point of getting on the bus. I think he said he got on a bus from Detroit, landed in Grand Rapids, and got involved with Mel Trotter. And, uh, and now he's a trustee of Mel Trotter and right. has a job and is clean for so many years and is, and is invested in the community. And hearing that made me go, that could have been my uncle's story. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, that could have been my uncle's story. And, and I just go, I don't, I don't know what is mine to do, but I know that I have lived a certain life and have these, have had these pivotal moments in my life. I never experienced homelessness, but definitely experienced it within my family. And then for that to be connected with what I heard and saw that day and just kind of this burning thing that happens in my heart every time I'm every time I'm I'm around the folks at Mel Trotter or every time I'm driving around Grand Rapids and one of my kids asks, Hey Daddy, what can we do? You know, those those are people yeah. with without homes. Like what what can we do? And this kind of I don't know, arrested feeling of like I don't know exactly what we can do, but I know we can do something. So I, I guess that's in some ways my attempt at answering your question. I my family, I hope, is one of compassion and, and kindness. And, uh, and as much as we can do with whatever good fortune that we're given to, to reinvest that. Well, you know, like Beth was saying, you know, just talking about the power of stories and yeah. even just sitting here listening to your story and um, different, different guests that we um, have come on the show and just highlighting their stories. There's so much power in that and honoring and celebrating the differences that we have. But then even listening to people's stories, you realize that there's a lot of similarities there too, right? And so just listening to some of your stories, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have that same thing with my family or, you know, it's just resonating things within myself in my own life. And I'm sure for you guys too, and even some of our listeners. So, and that's just that. I mean, kindness, pass it on, what's on your hat. It's, it's it's something as simple as that, I believe. Just being kind. And it's something that can spread like wildfire. So, yeah, I'm just like blown away by your story. I, I agree. And one of the things that struck me listening to you share in this format, Delwyn, was like, I haven't been struck this way in a long, long time. But the, the reverence and love with which you describe your family. Yes. Right? Because some people would, would read a description of, certain challenges your family members went through or something like that and all these negative stereotypes and Nate, but we're sitting across from a guy who loves his family period. And isn't that the love of God, right? Isn't, Mm -hmm. isn't the story of the gospel, isn't the story of grace and forgiveness about this, this God who loves his kids period, right? Regardless of what may have happened or what they may have been addicted to, or what they may have done. He loves, right? And kindness, love, that sounds familiar. Like one of those other letters that Paul wrote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something about the fruit of the Spirit, that yeah. ring a bell, right? <laughs> and that's what it means. And and what a great segue, because Delwyn said, you know, so what is mine? What do I have to give? Well, it's music. It's, he has a lot to give, believe me, but the gift of music is amazing. And not too long ago, Delwyn did a concert in the park for our staff and our staff families just as a way to give back and just to celebrate. And our board came out and did a cookout and Delwyn brought in a band. And in addition to being a phenomenal worship leader, he's also a phenomenal songwriter. And I think it would be really cool if you would like tell us about this song yeah. that you wrote and then play it for us. That'd be great. Yeah. So, you know, as as I mentioned being a kid from the south side of Chicago, black kid, black man now, there were lots of things that 
I saw, didn't really understand, and, and things that happened to me personally. And there's a saying in neighborhoods like where I come from, you know, guys will say, I'd be lucky to see 21. You know, mm. I'd be lucky to get to 25. You know, like I, I know people that never wandered past a certain number of blocks, like a certain set of blocks, or, you know, people that, that, that never hoped for life beyond the city. And the song that I, one of the songs that I, I've written is called Lucky. And it, it just talks about some, some of the different things that I've experienced in my life. But with the idea that I, even though I experienced those things, I shouldn't have to be lucky. Mm. You know, our, our Declaration of Independence uh, says we, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed with certain inalienable rights like you know it among those life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and for some people for some people that live in the land that we all live in those things aren't considered inalienable they're they're not considered a baseline they're considered not maybe you can maybe you can have this you know you 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 can have life if you're lucky uh and so yeah that's that's where this cool. song comes from. Can't wait to hear it. <clears throat> when I was seventeen, I did a lot of foolish things I knew she wasn't the one We were just kids having fun I got pulled over by the cops I don't know why I got stopped so I got out the car Thank God I didn't get you Not every boy of 17 is lucky like me But to be alive to 35 You shouldn't have to be lucky You shouldn't have to be lucky Lucky You shouldn't have to be the breeze When I was 25 I put the childish ways aside I got myself a job I even wore a suit and got pulled over by the man In front of my apartment I knew I was innocent But I fit the description Not every man of melanin is lucky like me 
But to be awake another day shouldn't have to be lucky. You shouldn't have to be lucky. Lucky. You shouldn't have to be to breathe. How long till we mourn again? How long? How long? How long till the story ends? How long? How long? I know I'm not the only one to see the barrel of that gun. Thinking about my only son to be 21, will he have to be lucky? He shouldn't have to be lucky. Lucky. He really shouldn't have to be. Got three people in this room <laughs> with uh, tears. Ellen, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. What a song. So I want to take a risk. Yeah. I want to ask a, another question. Beth and I are in this room, and, and we didn't grow up with the experience in that song, mm. right? And for our listeners, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that most of the people listening didn't grow up that way. So for those of us that are... You know, for listeners that are going, well, I don't understand. I, I hear about all these things and, and I hear, you know, the African-American community trying to tell me this and I don't understand it. Um, what, what wisdom would you offer for people that either say they don't get it, they don't understand it, or they want to know what's theirs to do? I, I, there's a question in here somewhere. I'm just not articulating it right. Like, you know, how can, because oftentimes Beth, Beth said it earlier, if it's not your experience and if you don't try to speak to someone with a different experience and seek to understand them, then you're limited to just your own life story, yeah. right? So how would you suggest that, that our listener start opening themselves up to the, the discipline of listening mm. without judgment and honoring God in that process. I think about, you know, the, the Apostle Paul uh, gives, the, gives a description of Jesus the Christ and at the same time gives is, is asking us to behave a certain way. And he asks us to have the mind of Christ, who being a very nature God, didn't essentially, he emptied himself of everything that was his, of everything that he had the rights to, and he made himself humble. And he humbled himself to the thing that as a, as a king, crucifixion is, is, is the, would be the, the last thing that, that you would ever imagine a king, the, the last way that you would ever imagine a king to die. It was the way the slaves were put to death or enemies of the state, or criminals. And I think in that, Paul is saying that Jesus emptied himself of, of everything that, that, that he was due the way that we can do that in relationship to your question, how can we listen without judgment? I think we all, whenever we hear information, our brains and our hearts go through this process, right? They go through this process. I think a part of it is like, is that true or is it false? You know, and, and, and adding and projecting our own life 
onto the information that we're receiving and that we're hearing. And that is our right. That is the way that we naturally process certain things. But when you're talking about someone's story, in particular someone's story who you may not know, you 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 may not have any any you, you can't connect with that at all because you haven't experienced it. I think the danger is when you hear somebody's story and you start to go, well, was it really that bad? Mm. Or, uh, you know, did, did it really happen that way? Or I, I know, you know, I know somebody who was who had a similar experience, but it turned out this other way for them. Or I think about, um, you know, in the, this this tune I just played, these things actually happened to me. And had it gone the other way, and let's say it made the news or whatever, one of the questions would have been, as we've heard it so often, why why did he resist? Or why didn't he just follow, you know, why, why didn't he just, just follow the instructions of a, of a police officer? I think when you get the chance to hear somebody's story, empty yourself of your right to respond. Empty yourself of, of your right to, to try to intellectualize it and to give a counter answer or, or, or redirect the narrative. Empty yourself of, of those things. Because in listening to somebody else's story, you hurt the potential relationship that could be forming between you and that person by interjecting your own, you know, kind of thing or spin on it. And, and then I say this, there are so many books being written on, on these things, on race relations. And, you know, there are so many people's stories that the general public is privy to just if you go to Amazon, you mm-hmm. know, or if you go to YouTube, when you get the chance to hear somebody's story, approach it with a learning posture, with a hands open posture, with a posture that says, I'm not holding, I'm not taking this in so that I can refute it or give a rebuttal, but I'm emptying myself so that I can be filled up by this person's story, so that I can allow this person's story to impact and affect me at the deepest level. Uh, and I think when we approach things that way, obviously it's not easy. It's not a silver bullet because then we then we have to, like you say, the question is, okay, what do I do? Right. What is mine to own? You know, what what it, what is mine to own when when a young man gets murdered by a police officer in in, in Minnesota? What what am I supposed to do then? I think that's a great question. You know, and and I I think um, because God in His kindness has given us all equal access to Holy Spirit. That that isn't something that I can answer for anybody. I know what what is mine to do. You know, I know what 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 my voice and my reach allows me to to do. But I think to ask the question, okay, well, what should I do then? Well, listen with empathy. Empty yourself of you know your right to respond or your right to judge, and pray to the Holy Spirit who and and, and pray to what the scriptures call the Lord of the Harvest. And allow the Lord of the harvest to allow something to grow up in you that could then be your response. So good. You know, we know around homelessness that um, in Kent County, something less than 20% of the uh, population in Kent County are people of color. Mm. And yet we know within homelessness that about 50% of the singles experiencing homelessness are people of color. And in family homelessness, it's over 93%. And oftentimes... You know, we we will hear sort of the accusatory, you know, well, if they just, if they just. And, you know, I've been at Mel Trotter for almost 10 years now. And 
in the 10 years, my heart has been changed because of what you just talked about, because of creating space within my heart to empty, empty my heart and mind or empty yeah. my mind of my preconceived notions and to empty my body of all of that junk and to just allow these stories. I love how you said it, allow these stories to fill us up. Yeah. And it, my experience has been, that's where God meets not only me, but the person telling the story. And that's where we talked earlier about reconciliation, right? That's where the reconciliation begins. So it's not about me blaming this person or that person blaming me. It's about us opening, creating space to, to lean into each other and each other's stories. And then the Holy Spirit meets us there and shows us how to walk forward, mm-hmm. right? Because there's not a do these three things. If there is, it's Follow God, follow God, follow God, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or listen, follow God, follow God. So that's just so, so really cool. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, thank you so much. You know, like every bone in my body wants to say, do you have another song to play us out with? But I don't know if you do, and I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I got lots of songs, man. Well, you know, I'm kind of, of partial to the new benediction blessing that you were playing at church the last couple of Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, you guys are in for this a treat. Is our closing song right This now? is a closing okay. song. Okay, guys. Okay. Closing song coming up. <laughs> I'm probably going to get tears again on this song, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace Amen 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 thousand generations of your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations of your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning when you're coming in the evening and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 amen
Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for gracing us with your spiritual gifts, with your story, with your time, all of it. We're just very, very grateful for you. Thank you. Yeah. And we hope that everyone listening today was inspired by this, has open minds about this, and remembers that if God is for you, who can be against you? We'll see you all next week. Thank you.